Coming soon to the theater near you, it's The Equalizers, a weekly podcast for two idiots drop a cinema sibling in the lap of a perfectly content solo film. My name is Mike Noel, and I am joined, as always, by the sequel to my prequel, a pile of chickpeas called Madison Jones. Madison Jones, are you in good form? The Equalizers is a show about sequels. Nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. Keeping up the the idea of we're just stealing the intro to everybody else's shit, right? Yeah, exactly. That was Sawbones from uh, Justin uh, and Sydney McElroy. I like that when we talked about this, we specifically said we were just going to steal opening bits, and then you decided instead that it was just their entire opening. Just their entire openings, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have thousands of of subscribers for a reason, you know, and it's probably because of the it's because of their opening, right? Uh-huh. No, yeah, it's. I mean, let's be real. Nobody actually listens to the last like forty five <laughs> minutes of a podcast. They just <laughs> no. listen to the opening and go home. Yeah, that and all of Usador's names sets the mood, you know, like. Madison, if we're stealing from podcasts, and I know in last week you stole from uh, Hello from the Magic Tavern, another local Chicago podcast. So in that vein, what would your full wizard name be? Just because I know you have it. Like, I mean, you have it tattooed across your chest. Yeah, I would be Madison, shadow of the creaky door, the emperor of the spicy jungle. The <laughs> Grand Poobah of Ooh. the Kaleidoscope Country. Mm-hmm. And, of course, other secret names that I dare not speak. Could, uh, name three of them. Like <clears throat> Dwindle Thunderbang. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> and Grandma Fuzzy Slippers. Mm-hmm. And John Stamos. Ooh, that's the most magical of them all. Uh, speaking he's of, a ba- he, he's a bad boy. That that wizard name is a bad boy. If you speak that name, Madison becomes a bad boy. Yeah, half mer- half mercy. You can, you guys can't see it at home, but uh, when Madison said the name John Stamos, a leather jacket just appeared on their body. Yeah, yeah. They weren't wearing it. It was like draped over one shoulder. And it's summer in Chicago. I am sweating in this. Oh. Well, Madison, speaking of wizards and magical names and magic, I uh, was walking down the street today. It rained the other day in Chicago, and as I passed a puddle, I heard a voice uh, speak my true name that I can't share on a podcast because then all our listeners will have power over me. And out of the puddle then stepped today's guest, Jackson Eflin. Jackson Eflin, welcome back to the Equalizers podcast. Hello. Hey, Eflin, well bet. Not gonna lie, I had a moment where it's like, this isn't the equalizers, gratuitous pausing. Wait, no, that's my podcast. I am a guest this time. <laughs> yeah, we also stole Jackson from gratuitous pausing. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> true. That's called kidnapping, Madison. <laughs> yeah. Alex, don't give them the money. It's not worth it. Find a new co-host. <laughs> yeah, we definitely Alex, need the money. Alex, you will be hearing from us, or I guess you'll be hearing from our ransom note. In the next few yep. days. You're listening to our ransom note right now. Yes. Give us one of each Disney movie. Or you'll never see Jackson again. And you'll have to watch the Jim Carrey Christmas Carol movie four times. 
<laughs> well, I'm here forever now, I guess. You can't see it, Alex, but uh, Jackson's holding up a uh, uh, a piece of paper with like cut out letters <laughs> that are all taken from pages of the Tempest that uh, Ariel appears. <laughs> Spelling out all of that that letter. If you need proof, we have a picture of Jackson blindfolded holding a copy of Mulan in today's newspaper. <laughs> We're just throwing spaghetti against the wall, Jackson, <laughs> looking for the good the good bits. Yeah, that's that's what most of our recording is is just throwing spaghetti against the wall, and most of it falls. Most of it falls. Let me tell you, the spaghetti pile is getting very large. Yeah, I don't have the heart to clean it up. No, it's hardened and it's kind of like a mound. Yeah, and the marinara noodles. sauce is getting really moldy. Yeah. Question: I know that Madison has a pea soup body right now. Could they like I don't know like seep into the spaghetti and like create oh, like a, a secondary tentacle body out of all of that? Um, you're basically going to ascend to become the uh, flying spaghetti monster of the Pasta yeah, this is religion in quotes. <laughs> This is how, this is like the origin story. <laughs> We're going to have to get you back to human form at some point. This Your 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 evolution from dying in the dynamite run to being basically a spectral Yokian to being now a pile of chickpeas. Like, I don't know how many more iterations. You know, as a mystical being, I could potentially put you back in your body, but only if you promise to release me from this kidnapping that I that happened. No deal. We have we have thirty minutes to fill. <laughs> yeah, and we we already told Alex the demands, and there's like there's now a contract. Oh, that's true. Yeah, in podcast law, once you deliver the <laughs> ransom note, you cannot legally let the kidnapped party go unless the demands are met. Madison and I are experts at podcast law. Honestly, podcast law is one of my favorite running bits that y'all do. It's not a bit. This is serious. We have degrees. If you recall, we made a solemn blood pact in Ghost Ship Two. That if we didn't send Kylie pictures of Jim Hawkins' haircut, our buttholes would close shut. And they have. We forgot. Oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> have oh, you not shit. been pooping this whole time? I haven't been pooping. Oh, my God. That's why you died on the dynamite, So, moving right? on. I um, just stopped pooping. <laughs> Great. I believe I'm here for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we kidnapped you. Keep up. This is... Mike... This is this is the reason why we need a third person on this podcast because we just will like deep dive deep down. I mean, deep, just deep a down. sticky note on the wall behind my computer that says "Get on with it." <laughs> well, while we wait for Alex to deliver the ransom, um, what should we do? Yeah, while we wait for Alex to watch Jim Carrey's A Christmas Carol four times, uh, we decided that we would have Jackson on because Jackson, since the last time. Uh, they were here, has started their own podcast, uh, Gratuitous Pausing. Uh, Jackson, would you like to tell any of our listeners who may not know what that is, a little bit about your project? Yeah, so my roommate Alex and I saw that Disney bracket meme that went around a while back, and we're like, no, no, this this bracket is terrible. We're going to set up our own bracket and then do a podcast where we talk about every single matchup mm-hmm. and go through them all. Um, the roulette wheel of life has thrown up some odd combinations. Like, we just finished recording Sleeping Beauty versus Dinosaur. Now, I will say, that one is kind of your fault, because you're in the second half of your bracket, and you did pick those movies. That is very true. Honestly, I am very surprised with what won this oh, round. Oh, no. That tells me exactly what won this round. <laughs> no, no spoilers. Yeah, Madison still hasn't seen Infinity War. Yeah, that's true. That's that's a true statement. That's yeah. that's a, technically a Disney movie, so I don't know why, that, why there aren't any Marvel movies in the bracket. I think... 
Well, we went with only the animated ones, although honestly, Infinity War is mostly animated. That's true. It's just Chris Hemsworth talking to a bunch of, like, yeah. CGI Well, people. Chris Hemsworth mostly CGI, as we also talked about in the Ghost Ship episode. That's true. He even has that CGI. Hey. <laughs> Alright, so what Madison and I decided to do was we put together a list of, how many do we say, 12? No, 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 it is 16. We put together a list of 16 films that either we or our guests have come on and pitched. Uh, we did only episodes where a single film was pitched, so some of the early head-to-heads we didn't because there were technically two movies in there. Uh, and we've slotted them into a bracket, and we're going to find the champion out of all of them. Y'all heard of March Madness? This is August... A gust of wind. This is August Auxiliary Auction Bracket. <laughs> that is nothing. So, as a fortune teller, I know that this is going to come out in September, so... Ooh. There we go. September Sexy... Showdown. Showdown. Come on. September this, Sexy yeah. Showdown. September Sexy this Showdown. Is, awesome. This is the September Sexy Showdown. Gonna write it down officially. As the... As the referee, I, uh, I I get to decide the names of things, so yeah. Also known as the Equalizers, Equalizing Tournament of Tournaments. Yep. 2018. I think we're going to stick with the September Sexy Showdown. Okay. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to take these movies, these matchups, and I think, why don't we do this, Madison? Each of us will take one movie in, mm-hmm. and we can decide yeah. pairing to pairing and advocate for it, and then Jackson will decide which one of them moves on. Yeah, and Jackson has heard all of our back catalogs, so they are a good, unbiased source. Uh, and and to that to that point, we did not include Jackson's uh, Dog Soldiers two pitch for obvious reasons. It sucked. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's it just we didn't want that to. That was a speak. classic episode. That's yeah. one of the classics. What happened in it's it? In, it's in it's in our Criterion. Yeah, what happened in that pitch? Um, uh, mole fucking. <laughs> yep there you go you remember <laughs> you remember the important part mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> also anna kendrick and david hyde pierce i think is the one that won our poll so they are canonically the two leads <laughs> oh, of that wait. movie there's a whole scene where david schwimmer just talks about game of thrones yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay. so because we're not going to cover that movie let's have a little walk down memory lane remember when the moles fucked in the woods remember when ross talked about joffrey remember when anna paquin was anna kendrick as well oh man there's a pitch for a movie that's good enough so jackson as our judge and referee and scorekeeper and friend and uh official wizard what is the first pairing Madison. Round one. Your first pairing is Christian Mingle 2 versus Invisible Dad 2, The Clone Wars. Okay. Invisible Dad. A classic in the Equalizers archives. A story about family. A story about clones of dads taking over a small neighborhood to further their own individualized goals. It has a message that even when you're the same person cloned over and over, you can have very different goals and have individuality. It's a story about hope, and I think there was a, I think there was a laser at one point. 
<laughs> I don't remember there being a laser. There might not be a laser. I think at one anyway. point there was a laser, but then we went a different direction. Yeah. I would say that is one that did not have a lot of goofs, from what I remember. I mean, besides the premise of it, it itself. Yeah, I think we let I, it, the premise do the, <laughs> the goofing for us. Yeah. But yeah, I think that one was a story that came to probably one of our most like consensus like i feel like our ending for that one mm-hmm. was very concise like oh we started out with like the family arguing arguing over this room in the house um and then the dad got cloned a bunch and took a side but from each family member you know like one for the dad who was all about i want to turn it into an office then the son was like i want to turn it into a a masturbating room. Uh, and, <laughs> you you, you pitched for game room slash arcade. I just yeah yeah. I'm keeping you honest. Room. I know. I'm just that, that's that's hearsay, Your Honor. Yeah. It was it, in the pitch. It was a game room. Madison is injecting um, voice of the author here. I'm just saying. To be fair, Madison's also a ghost, and spectral evidence was outlawed back. Well, in the to be fair, Madison's a pile of chickpeas, and I don't think there are laws concerning or allowing food to give testimony. I feel like there ought to be just an hallucination. There, there should be a law against that just to cover our bases. Point of order. This is my third whiskey drink, and I say it's a fucking masturbating room. Save me, Alex. No. <laughs> no, Alex isn't going to save them, or no, it's not a masturbating room. It's not it's, a masturbatorium. It's, it's not a masturbatorium, even though that is a better name than arcade room. <laughs> I think the mom wanted it for like a reading room or something yeah. like that, because she was a teacher. Right, and then it culminated at the very end that the room was actually used as a nursery for the triplets, triplets. that the mom was pregnant with. So tied into the clone theme, I'm just saying it was it, it all tied together pretty well, I think. Merriam-Webster's dictionary defines Christian mingle too. <laughs> See, I'm going to say that if you want to talk about concise and kind of to the point, I think that Christian mingle too has. Are one of our more solid stories because it's a love story and it's a little meet cute and it's a back and forth. It's wholesome to a point. It's got John O'Hurley in it. I mean, it's got That's an true. entire church singing a rendition of Hey Jude at the end as the climax. And I will say, I know that Jackson had to sit with the idea that John O'Hurley was the devil uh, for a while, which I think speaks to lasting impact of that movie. Sorry, I don't need crude masturbation jokes in mind because this is, one, it's, you know, this is God's movie. And two, it's, you know, <laughs> it, it was a better film. I don't need to resort to shock tactics. Guys, also, this is where Madison and I are just going to air a lot of passive aggressive. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad to be trapped in a room with this tied to this Blindfolded, chair. holding a copy of Mulan in today's newspaper. <laughs> you can put those down. You can put those down if you want. <laughs> Um. Okay, so based on your two arguments, um, I was most swayed by the Hey Jude sequence in Christian Mingle 2, so I'm going to give it to that. Okay. Thank you, Your Honor. So Christian Mingle 2 moves on to the next round. Invisible Dad. In- Invisible Dad fades into existence. Yeah, we're deleting it from the podcast uh, feed. Yeah. Bye. Yeah, this... Shouldn't it go into, like, the... the what's, what's it on Oki Crusader? The negative zone. Invisible Dad goes out to the negative zone. In the arms of... Up next, we 
next is Lizzie McGuire 2, Who Done It, versus the sequel to the Super Mario Brothers movie. I, I'm not saying the whole title. You can't make me. Now Alex has to watch six with Jim Carrey six times. Let me see if I can do it. Super Mario Brothers 2, colon, the movie, colon, Mario is missing, colon, the movie again? Is that what it is? You missed one colon what before colon? two. Super Mario Brothers, oh. colon, the movie, colon, two, colon, Mario is missing, colon, the movie. Got it. But, well colon done. goes to Georgia. I, you know, I did Lizzie McGuire movie two, Who Done It is kind of my baby, so I'll take that one. That makes the most sense. Um, then I'll take Super Mario Brothers mm-hmm. two, no, Super Mario <laughs> Brothers, the movie, colon, two, no. colon, Mario is missing. <laughs> Colon, the movie. You missed that first colon oh. again. Got it. <laughs> Ever since I lost my butthole in, uh, <laughs> uh, from the Treasure Planet uh, episode, I just I just miss colons all the time. You it's, know? it's one of those weird spirit of the law versus letter of the law thing where like Madison's just concept of colons, period, is out the window. So, round two, begin. I'll let you go first this time. I think that... <laughs> The Lizzie McGuire movie wasn't perfect. There were a lot of... There were places where I kind of dropped the ball on Lizzie as, like, a character in the whole situation. Like, her dad died, and I put her into game mode of, like... Or business mode of, gotta find the killer, gotta find them, gotta find them now. And her character kind of went by the wayside. I had a few ideas in there that they didn't get made. But I want to... I want to stress that it was still solid... And a very enjoyable movie under some very extreme circumstances where it was, I have to take this kid's movie and make it a murder mystery in which one of the main casts is killed. And through all of that, I made what I argue is still a solid film and what many people have said a very enjoyable film uh, with... Name five, name five of those people. Okay. Uh, my dad, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> But that's for John. I mean, other friend John Jackson, Daniel, uh, your parents. Oh fuck! Yeah, God damn it, Beth and Doug. They email. We email back and forth. <laughs> that's that's my my the end of my argument is Super Mario Brothers two. What is Mario? That is the question that I want to pose to the audience. He's a man in overalls and a red shirt and a red hat and what i think are esteemed guest and friend of the show um your friend as well uh your honor <laughs> sorry your your leash <laughs> um uh daniel na orchestrated in that episode i think was a very maybe not tight like concise like story but one that was definitely filled with a lot of communism. And <laughs> I think... No objection, Your Honor. <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, that episode had an agenda and it argued for it excessively. <laughs> if if I maybe uh, permitted a rebuttal, Your Honor. Sorry, your, your leadership. Allowed. It did uh, lead me to spawn into the world the sexy JFK with a toad head picture. 
That is true. So depending on how you feel about that, it may... It could sway. It could go any, anywhere. All <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, the places you'll go with that JFK picture. In, in all seriousness, I think Daniel did... Like, take, taking things from the Mario universe, such as, like, the Waluigi character and, like, the Wario character who was this sort of puppet king uh, mm-hmm. pup, or puppet uh, entity and sort of creatively emplacing these characters while also working off of, like, the established world of the first movie. I think he, I think he did a pretty good job working in at least mario elements into this epic story of political intrigue and you know Uh, bullshit (laughs) you both made really good arguments and also this is kind of a hard i don't think i did so (laughs) so you didn't you're right but on the other hand (laughs) you're right i was just being nice i'm not sure about that yeah like i i think I love the idea that in trial, the judge is like, we've heard a lot of argue, good arguments today, and the prosecutor's like, actually, if I'm being honest, I don't, I don't think I did a very good job on I this one. It in. I wish we could call Daniel in right now just to argue his own piece. Let me let me just try that right real fast. <laughs> so we actually can call Daniel in because you can sequence in the clip of him saying, there's a bit where Wario says libertarianism is good, actually, and... um. I laughed really, really hard at that, so I'm going to push <laughs> Super Mario Brothers colon two colon Mario's Missing colon the movie uh, ahead on the basis of that line. However, Lizzie McGuire 2 is also very good. So. so just to be clear, based on the fact libertarianism is good is why this is going forward. You are no. saying that libertarianism is good, actually, by no, putting this forward. Maybe- I'm saying it made me No, it's laugh. out there. It's fine. I can I'll edit out your pro- protestations, your leadership, <laughs> your leadershipness. Fine. Lots to listen to uh this most recent episode where we talked about uh, indoctrinating children with communism. Um so okay. So, your next mashup is Jimmy Neutron 2, which has a subtitle that I didn't write down. God and, Dad. Ro- and the Rocky Yeah. Your next mashup is <laughs> No, say it. Yeah, say Gone Dad. <laughs> say Gone Dad. <laughs> We're going to add another watch of, of the Christmas Carol to Alice. Say God, Dad, or we'll put on Jim Carrey's A Christmas Carol in the room we're holding you in. Even you wouldn't be that cruel. Your next mashup is Jimmy Neutron 2, Gone Dad, versus the Rocky Horror Truman Show. Writing a Rocky Horror Truman Show, I, I, I think, like, I, I think it was probably one of the most, like, creative, like, pitches i've done in like a long time i think on this show for sure like trying to work within universe like mm. i like how it ended up being not a <laughs> not a sequel or prequel to either show but kind of it was going on in the myths of truman show um i think i liked that aspect of it the most um as far as like thinking about that when i was writing it how it would actually play i have no idea because most of the movie is just a Rocky Horror Picture show <laughs> with like little extra scenes administered in. But I think looking at a Rocky Horror as a movie and tr- trying to be meta about it, and it's like, okay, like what if this was a movie people were trying to make and it's supposed to be live? Uh, what would the actors be like? What would their character arcs be? And like, what would everything 
that would go into it and also work in the Kristoff mega dome studio sets into like the mix it, w- it was just a fun one to write and i think it played off pretty like pretty fun too so i have just a few very short prepared statements that i'm gonna say and that will be the end of my defense of uh, jimmy neutron Goddad. uh first of all it was i think much like madison said that this was like the most creative pitch that they had done in a long time i feel like Goddad was the first of its kind that we had done we had a guest and then we all collectively pitched the movie together. It was basically not even a, like Matt said, this one wasn't even really a sequel. It was an alt, like mm-hmm. it was an AU with sexy teens. It's it's interesting how these matched up because yeah. they're, they're both alternate universes of the, the original movie. I think that we settled into what felt like, like a sort of like Maltese Falcon, um oh another Dashiell Hammett mystery that I can't think of right off the top of my head like I don't know those, those old a few dollars more yeah like those old pulpy noir uh <laughs> mystery I I don't know if he did that or not so I assume you were he did just, not. that's a western I, I figured but I, but it, it it turned into this weird gritty reboot that was also somehow like a 1920s noir detective tale starring a sexy Sheen Estevez wearing an Ultra Lord mask uh, which I thought was pretty great. And we did a lot of weird Mrs. Fowl impressions, their teacher. That's true. I will say one thing about Rocky Horror Truman Show. Uh, the brief was to do a sequel or prequel based off of the Truman Show that was a crossover, and we got neither a sequel or prequel. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not passing judgment on that. That's your job. I'm stating that as an empirical fact. Rebuttal. I stand by my argument that I made it in the episode that I think the concept of a sequel builds on the world of the original movie itself. Hmm. So I think at heart it is a sequel to Truman Show. Your Honor, I will also cite a precedent that you yourself set in the lost episode of Into the Woods that a sequel needs to have characters from the original and really we only had Kristoff. And like Paul Giamatti, I'm sorry, I'm not finished. Paul Giamatti was there as well. I'm not finished. Paul Giamatti was there as well. Jackass. And Truman was there at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, side side note, kidnap court? That'd be an interesting Just every episode they kidnap a different celebrity and have them judge like some some random murder. Uh, TM, the equalizers. So you've had some good arguments on both sides. Got a little heated, got a little fun. You both did great work with both of these. However, um, Jimmy Neutron 2, what mm, it took me to, back to all those times watching Brick with my friends just over and over and uh, gave me those, those good warm fuzzies. So I'm going to have to give it to Jimmy Neutron 2. Wow. Really? Now that the match is over, I was gonna, like I assumed I was going to lose that one and oh, then man. agree that like Rocky Horror is one of our best episodes, but I'll take the W. I think the Rocky Horror is one of your best episodes. However, um, if we're judging based on the, mo- the movies, not the episodes themselves, uh, Jimmy, Neutron, uh, Jimmy Neutron 2, where it's this weird, like, Riverdale-esque reboot thing, yeah. is towards Fair the enough. top of movies that you guys have made that I want to see. Fair enough. I w- and we'll say, like, to that point, after we're out of it and we're not heated anymore, oh, yeah, yeah, no, no. I'll, I'll put my shirt it's back like, on. Yeah, it's, like, it's like wrestling. <laughs> that was all scripted. It's the most... 
That was actually the most masculine I've ever been in my entire life. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got to see your full wizard names tattooed across your chest, which is rare. Yeah. yeah. Under all that chest hair. Yeah. <laughs> they shave the chest hair to match the letters. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah it's like, it's shading. Really glow with us like powerful Atlantean lights, and you can kind of see it through the follicles. It, it's sort of like a neon sign. <laughs> Covered in hair. <laughs> Covered in hair. <laughs> it's Still a shag a neon sign. <laughs> I don't even remember what my fucking point was. Um, I no, I do. It it was that I do think Gone Dad was from beginning to end. I think we actually had like an arc that you could follow, rather than <laughs> in Truman Show. Like I said, it was basically just Rocky Horror with new scenes and or mid at the end. So I will say I, though, but I, I I just I love the. I thought we're switching. Yeah, I know. No, no, no. <laughs> we're we're out of it now. Like we're, we're I'm a fan of all of our episodes in our movie so like it's not a big deal i was i i still love the way that you like reverse engineered like hey what if we try to make a monster movie and it went to shit and that's how we got rocky horror like mm-hmm. uh, it was still so good it was a like really good conceptually idea. it is one of my favorite things that we've ever done on our show but like i like to jackson's point maybe as like and you said like sitting down to watch it as a movie i don't know how that would end up playing out but still like as, as a thought idea it's still you know as opposed yeah. to the other kinds of ideas <laughs> as a soul idea as a space idea as a mind idea uh great cool all right Uh, this is an infinity war joke it's not a spoiler because they talk about the the stones and other marvel movies madison but this is mostly an infinity war joke anyway moving on the last matchup of round two is moulin tuge versus space jam two so we've talked a lot about like classic episodes and i feel like space jam two uh, the Order of the Phoenix falls into that category. It was our first riff. I mean, it was our second episode ever. It was our first riff. It was really where we kind of like decided for the soul of the podcast to like just take the chains off. Like Hook Two, there was I mean the ghost of Captain Hook and like a lot. There's a lot of weird stuff in there, but we were like really trying to like I specifically made a very serious movie. I mean, there was meant to be comedy inherent in it here and there but it you know as many people have pointed out i basically took hook and made way more alcoholism and ptsd <laughs> but space jam 2 was where we just like where we believed we could fly come on <laughs> boo boo uh, your honor i, I withdraw the question uh, but keep the booze in there the record oh yeah, yeah, yeah weird i just like i don't i feel like it is a, it, it's a fun movie it, it takes the idea of space jam and it goes forward with it while not like, hey, I have an idea. What if the, like, uh-oh, got to play basketball again. And we put that uh, equalizer spin on it where it is Quidditch and it's Daniel Radcliffe. And they're playing against the hypnotized other Harry Potter actors. And I don't know, like I feel like we caught the soul of Space Jam, but then made it our own. And it's really where we kind of like laid a foundation for the rest of the show, the equalizers of like, we're going to just get a little kooky here and there. I uh, rest my case. Speaking of cutting souls, diamonds that cut glass. <laughs> Moulin Tuge, Um with the sparkling di- diamonds. Runner, I object. Uh, uh, just, uh, over terrible my, segue. You, you've already um, you already rested your case. We can't speak any further for this one. <laughs> your Honor, may I approach the bench? May I approach the chair you're tied to and blindfolded? Uh, sure, it's a, like, five-hour drive, though. Why did we do that? Why did we put Jackson in a remote location and then return to Chicago? 
Yeah. Anyway, speaking of Chicago, Sparkling Diamond. Oh, Jesus. The Sparkling Diamond. Um, as, as she is known, Brittany Means pitched mm-hmm. a wonderful sequel of her own on our podcast to Moulin Rouge, um, where she had the best observation ever of watching it in original like watching the original movie that Satine only ever had a like a tuberculosis fit tm band name yeah <laughs> uh, when she was wearing diamonds and created a, a whole pitch around that idea where she is in fact allergic to diamonds and she doesn't have tuberculosis and i just think that was a really good observation by one of our guests to in just taking that observation and building a whole movie off of it, I think was really impressive and also kind of taking the characters to the next level in being where I think the original movie saw Satine and Ewan McGregor, whatever his name was having this sort of like very like classically like romantic idea of love. And then taking that to more of a reality standpoint of like life isn't like that, I guess like I, I like sort of a more realistic view of how once the fuzziness is over and you're actually just people living in the world, how love is sort of fleeting, I guess, <laughs> or like romance. I don't know. I have no idea. I thought that the reality of, after all is said and done, Ewan McGregor and Satine, I don't think they could carry on with their like relationship after all that happened because it was so... It's kind of like that moment at the end of The Graduate where they're sitting in the car and driving away from the wedding and they're just like, have that moment of just like, what's next, you know? We just did that thing. Where does love take us from here? probably nowhere because this was all kind of superficial <laughs> sorry that got dark yeah, I'm look sorry. Out. <laughs> you basically did the equivalent of my hook two pitch <laughs> but I, I don't know and i don't even know if that was what britney was intending from that but that's what really what i got from it maybe we should try to call her like i tried to do, yeah why not answers. do it let's see hello hey britney so we're recording a podcast of the equalizers right now and you have to defend the mic in a brief 30-second pitch, um, your sequel to Moulin Rouge. I have to defend it? Yes. Defend it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what do you have to say to Mike? Like, he's stepping to Moulin Rouge okay. right now. Cool. And cool, cool. What, just what do you have to say to him about that? You think you can do better than me? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what's being discussed here? That Mike thinks he can improve? On the perfect script that I submitted into this podcast in front of my lawyer, Madison Jones. Yep, that's that's exactly right, Brittany. He thinks he can do better than you. I mean, I feel like the pitch speaks for itself. So if you could condense what I pitched into like, like speed it up so it's thirty seconds long, and then just replay that, I think. Like I said, it speaks for itself, but if that doesn't work, you could also just edit in a 30-second fart noise, um, because that's what I'm hearing out of Mike, so we might as well be on the same playing field. We will do that. Thank you. Thank you, Brittany. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> always, always a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, thanks. 
Absolutely. I'm on your side, by the way. I'm the lawyer in this situation. <laughs> well, thank you. Have a good night. Yeah. Bye. Um, so she, that that's, that's what Whitney has says. You can just uh, please. <laughs> Are you calling Daniel Radcliffe? Shh, shut up, Brittany. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, hi, Brittany. So uh, we're doing a, like a little bonus episode where uh, we're pitting movies against each other, like in a bracket. And I just want you to know that I'm not talking shit about Moulin Touge. I'm just on the other side of this thing. Madison did not set this up right. And I feel like really uh, influenced you against me. You know, the damage has been done. Okay. Well, great. I'm glad this podcast cost me a friendship. Aww. You can't see it, but I am crying. A single tear. I mean, we can still be frenemies. <laughs> oh, great. Okay, cool. Well, I, I just have at least one in your life. Yeah, that's true. All right, well, I'll let you go now. But I just needed to like medicine really kind of threw me under the bus there. So. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully you learned a lesson to never step to me again. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely learned not to let medicine explain the situation. <laughs> With that, with all that said, Jackson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Taking Brittany's testimony into account. So, because uh, Madison called an argumentative witness, I'm going to um, uh, declare in favor of uh, Space Jam Two. Ooh! Before you do that, though, Madison <laughs> will call Brittany and tell her that you basically didn't pick her because she was argumentative. That's true. That would be horrifying. I w- I-, I would never uh, survive her wrath. Point of point of order. Um, I did. I did lead the witness, which was very tactile on my part. So I think I should win. Also, generally not allowed in court. <laughs> this is this is pod court. This is podcast court. The rules are different here. I guess there are no. The only rule in the September sexy showdown is there are no rules. Exactly. No rules. Just fight. Just fight. It's interesting because so Moulin Rouge is a fascinating feminist reworking of Moulin Rouge. Where Space Jam 2 is like a really important landmark in uh, equalizer history. Hmm. So, Jackson, which do you prefer? Quidditch or feminism? Damn. Wow. Hmm. I-, I guess like feminism of those two options. <laughs> so, Moulin Rouge! <laughs> I- yeah. I knew I backed myself into that corner for the joke, but I did it anyway. <laughs> Alright, so that means that in round two, the semifinals, we have Christian Mingle 2 versus... Daniel's pitch. <laughs> nope, so you gotta say it. You gotta try. Super Mario Brothers, colon, two, colon, Mario's missing, colon, the movie. Oh, How about- you missed a, the movie. Oh, goddamn. Super Mario Brothers, colon, the movie, colon, two, colon, Mario's missing, colon, the movie, was, uh, I don't know, like, it. it it's one of the, the movies that got the widest attention in the outside from the outside world i mean say whitest whitest with a d whitest, not whitest no okay no. i mean probably that one also <laughs> but like we got picked up by a couple like mario fan twitters with it we did. it had it, it's definitely our most political movie um 
to date. It's, I don't know, it, much like when I talked about Space Jam 2, it was Daniel took this idea of the original and kind of turned it, like, turned a corner with it. It wasn't just like, oh, underground, like, I, I don't know, like, junk punk? What's that genre of, like, like dystopian? I, I don't know, the... Grunge. Grunge. I, I prefer junk punk. Yeah, junk punk. Uh, uh, and then was like, oh, well, that's also, like, everything's kind of shitty. What if we cease the means of production and <laughs> make everybody's lives better? Uh, he also somehow reworked Mario since the passing of Bob Hoskins into Wario, even though it'd still presumably have to be played by Bob Hoskins. <laughs> I, you know, I just, I think that it was, and also, I mean, I got to do a, a JFK impression, which it's always a good day when I get to do JFK impressions. That, that saying should be, it's always a good day when I get to do JFK. Also, yeah, so also Madison did talk about blowing the ghost of Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> That's true. So. That's cursed now. Yeah, there was that whole, in our 15-minute 15, 15 pitch, the the ghost Luigi's Mansion part, which was very strong. Was it? But not as strong as. Mm-hmm. Fuck, what happened in Christian Mingle? I rest my case, Your Honor. Ghosts are very, I don't know, Satanist? I don't know. <laughs> Think about God, Christian Mingle. Um, <laughs> yes, our pagan friend Jackson. Think about God. Yeah, yeah think about God for once. <laughs> you should you should call God more often, Jackson. <laughs> he worries about you. <laughs> A lot has happened right now. This is this thing about Christian Mingle, and I I don't think I'm helping my case here. I haven't yet, so. Um, is that I think with that one, we had a very good end scene that was just like fucking stellar, but like the rest of the pitch was like only okay. <laughs> right. Like it was a bunch of like meet cute scenes, which was fun. Like I think establishing John O'Hurley as this sort of like, um, saboteur, uh, traitor to this, like this relationship that G- Gwyneth and Paul were trying to like set up for, uh, whatever her fucking name was jk or whatever J- uh, J- kelly kelly K- kels kels yeah um, tokel i think that was fun but i i don't think we had a lot of goofs in that one so i'm, I'm gonna say like i'm not even on this one side that <laughs> much <laughs> if you can't tell i do think that super mario brother was a little stronger than that so so it seems that you're that you Established a bias, and Christian Mingle too is allowed to ask for another lawyer if they feel that they are not being well represented. Should we call Brittany again? <laughs> no, 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 never mind. <laughs> Super Mario Brothers too. <laughs> that's it. That's my whole. That's um. Thanks to uh, thanks to Christian Mingle's defender convincing me to pick the other one. Not go with that. <laughs> Which means our our final mashup before the finals is uh, Jimmy Neutron Gone Dad versus Moulin Touche. Hmm. Well, I feel like I should do Moulin Touche, so then I can call Brittany and talk about how Madison is talking shit about Moulin Touche. Um, actually, that witness has already been called and cross-examined, so she cannot be part of this case. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you an expert in podcast law now? Uh, yeah. 
it's we make it up as we go along, and I said it first, so shit. That's right. <laughs> that is how it works. That's how the law works. <laughs> what I love about the Jimmy Neutron thing is with Gondad in that whole episode. I, I think you touched on it before. Is that it was kind of the first of its kind for our podcast, in that we riffed a, um, or we we riffed a movie with a guest which i thought was really fun and also i think we had like the kind of we kind of followed the story arc of a carbon copy like mystery where like Mm -hmm. sheen is interviewing all these different people while also trying to like fight for um his client technically jimmy who he believes is innocent and coming to like trying to find everyone's different reasons for doing it. And then like finding out that everyone would have a reason for doing it with, it sort of had that like hot fuzz reveal at Mm -hmm. the end where it's like, Oh, everyone's in on this, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. And also had a very depressing ending again. I think I like depressing endings for some reason. (laughs) I do not know why. Madison, are you okay? I'm okay. I think. I don't know. (laughs) Speaking of depressing endings. Madison. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I can just cheer myself up by doing the Mrs. Foul voice. Just say your name in the Mrs. Foul I'm a very unsad person. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be fine. Uh, But no, it did have a sad ending, but also kind of like a twist at the end, too, because we did like, I think that was one of the episodes where we did a few after credits or whatever, and... Finding out that Jimmy was actually like a robot in the, excuse me, finding out that Jimmy was a robot in like the, uh, the whole time and thinking about like, oh, where is Jimmy? Yeah, we never really settled on what, like hologram, robot, etc. But yeah, like, Jimmy wasn't in prison anymore. Yeah, after they did his like death sentence, (laughs) we were like, oh, he was a robot the whole time. It's like, what the fuck was Jimmy then? then?" I, I thought that was a good twist and... Like I said, I think it followed the mystery format pretty well. I think we did a good job with that. I, w- I want to touch back on something Madison said for Moulin Touge. And it, this one felt like maybe the truest sequel that we've done because it was very much like that one observation of Britney's that like these tuberculosis fits only happen when, when she's wearing diamonds. And then carrying that through as like the central mm-hmm. premise of Moulin Touge gave it this, like it, it, it's why it was so good was like, of course, like that fits so perfectly. Like we've done care, like continuations like sky captain and the man of tomorrow, where I took the tokens that Madison had come up with and gave them like, Oh, well yeah, I'll just use that in this way. Britney's wasn't like finagling anything. It was, one specific observation and then just straight on through there was no like well yeah but if you know if you kind of look at it if you squint your eyes and turn your head to the side it was very much just like oh yeah hey like she's just like allergic to diamonds and we just move on from there and i think that it is one of the strongest like central continuations that we've ever produced i will say maybe the most unscientific (laughs) i'm not sure about that as I keep saying, the effects of diamond allergies have not been studied, so we can't. Yeah. 
what 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 is what do we actually think the most unscientific episode that we've ever done is? Probably Meet Dave too, right? Probably robot controlled by maybe little, small soldiers like, too. Little people. Maybe Speed Racer too, because slamming metal poles into the ground doesn't do what they have it do. Beetlejuice two, Jersey Shore, or MTV. So, based on those two things, I think Madison, you make a really good argument for Jimmy Neutron. Um, but I think that Mike makes a really good point that Mulan 2 really is like a, it feels like a very much continuation and you really are trying to make sequels. So I think partially just based on it being more sequely, I'm going to push it ahead. That said, these are both movies that I've definitely watched. So uh, Jimmy Neutron 2, Gone Dad, shouldn't feel bad at all. As a little bit of meta, among our friends, when Brittany came on, Mulan 2 and basically was like, called out daniel like come at me daniel oh no it there's happened. been like a joking rivalry now about that and those are the two movies that are in the final it was foreshadowed oh fuck the two the final matchup is super mario brothers colon the movie colon two colon mario is missing colon the movie and mulan tuge by daniel and Brittany. <laughs> this is not for us to ponder this will preordain battle of the gods the sparkling diamond versus the danamorph in the final Mike. <laughs> That's how that song goes. Good to point out that both the things that entered the final were neither of our movies, Mike. Yeah, we're no. really good at this. Well, we're really, really good at this. Here's the extra, like, kick in the head, is that we also basically argued our own movies out of contention. It wasn't like we did. A, an, a poll where we just put them up there and everybody voted. We basically, at every turn, argued that our movies are not as good as <laughs> That's these movies. So it's like we're self-conscious or something. <laughs> All right. So which which one am I doing? Oh, I lost track. Um, you're doing super. <laughs> you're doing Super Mario. Okay. Um, but this time, ah, God, it's falling over. But as an added bonus for this final round, you must both add a bit to the narrative that we did not already know about these movies. It could be a casting choice. It could be. Uh, a visual motif. Okay. It could be a musical choice, but you have to add something to to bolster these movies since we've talked about them already a, a few times. Hmm. It's podcast law. I don't like. I, I feel like we're at a point where we've said almost everything we have to say about these movies. Like we we've argued for seriousness and continuation and theme and ideas and twists and turns. I think that. Deep, and also my deep depressing thoughts. <laughs> yeah, we really got deep into Madison's dark psyche. Um, dark psyche sounds like a new Pokemon type or something. I I don't know, like I just I don't know what else to say. I think that Super Mario Brothers: Cole in the movie, Cole in two, Cole in Mario's missing, Cole in the movie was just the first of its kind. It was like you had guessed it and done Dog Soldiers, and we had kind of carried on the narrative like or it was almost a new narrative with some of the returning players and daniel was the next guest who really start like brought in the there's a twist at the end of the movie where they're clearly setting up a sequel i'm gonna run with that but in my own direction kind of like my arguments for uh space jam 2 where it took the 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 toys that were there and just kind of like put them in a different toy box and like the specialized more towards that the pitcher's interest toy box and i think that that is a thing that we have then done 
more and more and more on the show is kind of just like take the toys and then just make up our own rules. <laughs> and I think that Daniel kind of started us on that trend while also basically pitching Mario the communism movie. And like, you can't say that sentence out loud and not just like kind of smiling or think that sounds fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, and as for my narrative twists, the, the thing I'm adding is that um, Mario, Mario and Luigi Mario return to earth to get some of their stuff. Cause you know, they're going to set up permanent residence in the mushroom kingdom, I guess the mushroom commune now. And uh, Nick Fury's waiting for him. That's right. They're going to be in my Avengers movie. So just, you can't. This is before the Avengers movie started, right? And it's not a comic book movie if there's not some retcons. I. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> also, just realizing that right now my lineup is one or more of the Gorgonites, Sky Captain, and then Mario Mario, <laughs> Luigi Mario. Got a tight team. Yeah. Um. I have to edit in that. Whatever your Avengers movie is, that uh, both Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo have to be like pissed drunk, like through the entirety of it. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a whole like that is going to be like a two part episode. One where I pitch the movie, and then the like behind the scenes making of where it's like all the back like behind the scenes stories about like how Bob Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo just got pissed drunk every day. So, what more can I say about Mulan Touche? I think Brittany did really construct a very perfect sequel like sort of ongoing telling of the story from the get-go of the last point of the first movie so like it carried on immediately after like the days in potentially like weeks following um which i think was very strong i really like the duke's death at the end yeah <laughs> like, he chokes like, on diamond. a diamond right that yeah well, in the scene where he, and I'm trying to remember the order of it, because I think he chokes on the diamond at the very end, but where I think he's choking and he looks up and Satine has, is sitting up in the bed and her eyes are grow, glowing green. Mm. I, as Brittany was saying that, I saw that scene happening, like mm. in my, in, in like with all the same actors and everything, like in my head. So. I think it was really well told and constructed. Um, so I don't really have much more to say on it besides that I think it was just really good. <laughs> and my ad, the thing I'm adding to it is that during the scene that Brittany constructed where Satine is after she's like out of her coma and she goes and tries to visit. What, what is Ewan McGregor's name Christian. in the movie? Christian, thank you. So when Satine goes to visit Christian and she can see that he is sort of writing again, um, I want the song that they're both singing uh, to be I Really Like You by Carly Rae Jepsen. <laughs> but it's sort of a slower, sure, more like a little sorrow-filled, like, like, like rendition of it where they're both like he's writing and he's singing the song it's like i really 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 like you and she's singing it to him like on looking or she's singing mm-hmm. it out loud while she's looking at him um and then she leaves and 
It's like they both want each other so much, but they know they're both in those places where they can't continue their relationship at that point. A thought has occurred to me. Uh-huh. John Legg was almost in both of these movies. <gasps> Holy shit. It was meant to be. John Legg was almost who plays Toulouse Lautrec and Luigi Mario. I. It was meant to be, Mike. This yeah. was predestined. It was always supposed to be this way. Because we've dethroned the trash bag Emil Hirsch as our god, is John Leguizamo our new god? Yes, absolutely. I think. Well, Madison, if you know what I have to say then, if John Leguizamo is our god, we got Guizamoed. We got Guizamoed. We got Zamoed. So. That's what it is, Zamoism. The only thing it left to happen, yeah, is the, the our the judge on high, our captive judge, <laughs> so, our uh, our Valkyrie. Um, as, who's the leader of the Valkyries? Freya, I guess. Beyonce. Yeah. Freya. Beyonce. I'll accept that. Um. So I think you've both made really good arguments. I like what you've had to say. These are both really good movies, and I like that they're both guest movies. They both have John Leguizamo in them. A lot of weird stuff led to this, but I have an incredible weakness for covers that radically alter the song that they're covering. And so, Madison, you you like found my weak point. You found the 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 one scale that has been left open like a, a snail out of its shell. So uh, I'm gonna have to give it to mm. Moulin Rouge for this one. I get the ceremonial honor of cutting Jackson's ropes so <laughs> they can leave Speech. <laughs> and don't have to be the Speech. judge anymore. Speech. You know, podcast listeners, I feel a lot of things right now, and humble is not one of them. <laughs> Mike, you got fucking owned. <laughs> well, by, by the random <laughs> chance of me assigning that thing. Yeah, I mean, if I had put in, like, I don't know, a cover of fucking the, I don't know, Funky Town into mine, into my pitch, I probably could have won. I'm also sorry that I, like, made this into an antagonistic thing when it wasn't supposed to be, but... I mean, you didn't. We did. <laughs> okay, good. I felt fine. Well, you are under duress. Uh, yeah, and as I said, this is the, this is the episode <laughs> of Madison and I passive-aggressively, uh, I guess now just more openly-aggressively deal with some of our... The issues that have risen from our partnership. Good. Well, we have a winner. So that's credits on another episode of Equalizers. Madison Jones, tell the people where they can find us. People can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, um, what's the one? Stitcher, and Podbean, and everywhere else podcasts are found by searching The Equalizers. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at The Equalizers. Gmail, equalizers at gmail.com. We have an Instagram. It is the underscore equalizers. And I have no fucking clue what this one is going to be, but it's going to be wild. Special thanks on our theme song, Rock Thing. Go to Creo. You can find their work at www.creo-music.com. Uh, we'd love it if you would review. Give us a good review and subscribe. Tell a friend. That'd be great too. Just get the word Call out. Call a friend there. right now. On Facebook. Yeah. Uh, on Facebook. Call them like like we call our friends all the time. Just randomly. To uh 
<laughs> shit talk. Talk talking about how shit, our other friend shit is shit talking their ideas. Yeah, yeah. Um, and during that conversation, tell them to listen to the Equalizers podcast. Also, the Gratuitous Pausing podcast. Yes, Jackson, why don't you tell the people where they can find uh, you? We are at gratuitouspausing.podbean.com. No, I meant your full address, oh. street address, zip code, like where they can find you if they want want to just hang out. Oh, um, dox yourself on our podcast. Uh, Six one six. Or we won't let you go. Boulevard, um, California Drive. No, that was. I tried for a thing; it didn't work. Uh, you can find us at gratuitouspausing.podbean.com. We're also gratuitouspausing on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, also, like, share, subscribe, all that jazz. Um, yeah. Call your Facebook friends, etc. Yeah, like if you're, like if you're standing on top of a building and there are people down there shouting "Help us, help us!" Whisper, "No, I'm listening to gratuitous pausing right now." Um, thank you, Jackson, for coming on the show. Um, willingly, we we didn't actually kidnap Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> oh right. Oh, good call. Good call. Yes, police. Yeah. We definitely we, didn't kidnap Jackson. Jackson yeah. came here voluntarily and and tied himself up with a blindfold and a copy of Mulan <laughs> in today's newspaper. Uh, we contacted them today, and uh, they were clutch. So thank you for yeah, being our referee. So, for the Equalizers, I'm Madison Jones. I'm Jackson Nefflin. I'm Mike Knoll. And court is adjourned. To be continued. Matlock!